Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. All right, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) welcome back. We're so glad you're here. This is Jeff Geoff McLaughlin with Professionals at Play, and I am here with my amazing group of friends from all over the place. We've got uh, the Jeff Conroy, the beautiful bald Jeff Conroy, the Miss Myra Rose. There she is. She's all the way up there in the corner. (laughs) Dr. Samuel Jennings, the only doctor in the group. He's piled high and deep on that knowledge base there. And we got the incredible Mr. Jeff Geyer, who's actually going to lead us through a conversation today, which we're very excited about because I always love all the insights from our comrades here. Can we say that? Is that okay to say? Comrades? It is. is Comrade. I can't believe Comrade? you put Myra, okay. I can't believe you put Myra in a corner, though. In my screen, she's in the corner. So no one puts Nobody baby in the corner. Puts Myra in the corner. Nobody. <laughs> so, Mr. Geyer, what are we going to talk about today? What is our topic of conversation? What, well, what? we're gonna we're gonna yeah, let's get right into it. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit today about in the hiring process when you're out finding employees, team members, or as Disney calls them, cast members. Which comes first? Do you do you hire for their skills and ability, or do you hire for their personality and character and attitude and those kind of things? And the myth I want to maybe cornerstone this thing for our conversation today is. You need to hire qualified people, and we can define what qualified is, but I think that's a myth that you really don't need to hire qualified people. You need to hire the best people you can find that fit into the culture you have or that you're trying to create and then train them in for the the skills that you need, that if if you want to create an organization that's new and unique and fast-paced and engaging and all the things that your culture, what you want your culture to be, then you need to find people that fit into that culture or will help you build that culture regardless of their skills. In other words, if we were running a bank, don't just always find experienced bankers to be employees because they might not fit into your organization. So I want to just throw it around here and, and um, a, a little bit. And I'll, I'll go to Dr. Sam first, just because the, the piled higher and deeper thing, we actually said that in, in public. That's pretty cool. And we won't get into the conversation about is he a real doctor or not? Or yes, yes, he's a real doctor. <laughs> Can you save a life? Uh, my elbow hurts, yeah. doc. But so Dr. Sam, in the higher education um, world, what do you think about? Because higher education has lots of employees. What do you think about this whole, do you hire for skill or do you hire for character? And, and... I appreciate y'all inviting me to the roast. This has been fun so far. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'll take our term on, on the spit. As you indicated, there's a, a blend. Because let's look at the true academic side. You wouldn't want to hire somebody who's got great personality 
and knows nothing about chemistry to teach chemistry, right? So you have to have yeah. some sort of technical experience and understanding. However, to be a good, meaningful supervisor of people, you don't necessarily have to have done the job they're doing. So in my case, I'm not saying I was great at it, but I did have supervisory responsibility for a clinic. I'm not a nurse. I've never been through training for a nurse, but those are some of the people that reported to me indirectly. So there's a need to have a disposition to be able to hear concerns and help them think through how to come to a conclusion and a resolution without trying to prescribe to them what to do with their patients and clients, that kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely. The attitude and um, disposition is huge. And some of the skills can be learned along the way for sure. And I would caution almost the opposite side, which is if somebody's a great technical expert at something, let's not throw them into a supervisory or management role just because they're really great as a technician. They might be good as a leader, but not for that reason. Let's not make that jump because of their technical skill. Good call. Good call. So wait, I, I've got an interesting question for you. Uh, I just read recently a statistic that said it was just over 50% of resumes are false, have falsified information on them. And so how do you, how do you separate the wheat from the chafe? How does that happen? What do you do? When, is it more than that? I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I was, it was 50 to 60% somewhere in there. Yeah, my brother, like, my, my brother on his resume once, he's a petroleum vendor. I said, you're a petroleum vendor? He goes, yeah, I pump gas. <laughs> <laughs> I used to put irrigation engineer on my resume and I changed pipes in the field. You can make anything sound fancy. That's the whole yeah. goal of the, yeah, is to get to the top of the pile so you can get the interview. Diamond well, cutter. I, I, yeah, diamond I, cutter. I think Jeff, baseball that, yeah, that's one of the great questions because a resume is all about highlighting your skills, however you want to spin the engineer thing and the petroleum guy, that's a skill <laughs> thing. How, how do, as a, a hiring manager or as an owner or supervisor that's looking for people, so we get all these resumes that list out all the skills these people have, but how do you assess their attitude and their character and how they fit with your organization? And so I'm an, I'm an attitude over aptitude. I'll, I'll take attitude over aptitude any day. In talking with Cockroach once, he said, I don't hire people to motivate them. I hire motivated people. Mm -hmm. And so our job isn't to motivate people. We, we got to keep them motivated, but we don't hire to mo motivate them. We hire motivated people. We want people that are excited about the job. We want people that are excited about working for your company and excited about um, making a difference within your company and being part of that company family. I think skill and aptitude is a part of it. I can, but I can teach the job, but you got to hire that motivation and the attitude and the, the, the personality. There's a reason why, you know, Disney, who we don't get sponsored by for this podcast at all, but there's a reason why D Disney yet. <laughs> Shang-Chi's doing pretty well, so they got money. Um, anyway, uh, I saw it last weekend. It was pretty good. Anyway, but there's a reason why they say that Disney hires, a, you know, is a cookie cutter because they've got a, a specific profile they're looking for. You got to jump through multiple hoops to get to work for them. So just hiring people off the street, you got to put a process in place to get the exact person you're looking for. Carol Quinn wrote a book about hiring motivated people. And it's a really good book if you haven't read it. So I'm an attitude over aptitude. I'm going to yeah. take a step back a little bit because you've got to, you, depending on your job, you've got to figure skills into it. You've got to. You wouldn't hire a nurse that hadn't been through nurse's training just because she had a great bedside manner. 
No, but you want to hire a nurse that's got the personality that fix your team because exactly. it, it's chemistry. It's it, well, your, your team is all comes down to chemistry. And and I just didn't want anybody to think that we were advocating that over the skills that is necessary for the job. Cool. But and to go to the resume situation, yeah, we get a ton of them. indeed. You get a hundred that because it's too easy to submit it. So you've got you, all you've got to look for is a skill set. And that's why you interview so many. And you can tell if they frequently change jobs or all that kind of stuff. But something we did, I'm on the Habitat board, and we did get 100. And so what we were going through the benchmarking process and trying to determine the best person for our executive director position. Had anybody that was interested in taking it that past our skills test, if you will, that, that looked like they could do the job, we had them take the 12 driving forces and the profile, this profile. And that gave us a tremendous idea on who we wanted to pick to come in for interviews. Because by going through the benchmark process, we already knew the personality type that would be a, the best fit for this. And if somebody was just completely opposite and fast forward, she's been in, in almost two years now and we could not have done better. It was a complete 100% success. And Jeff Conroy helped, helped me in that process. It was a long and involved, but worth it. But shouldn't it be? If you're going to hire an executive director, you don't want to rush into it. You want to get the perfect candidate. Yeah. And the, the outcome... <clears throat> was just more than I possibly could hope for. Yeah. I've always hired based on my connection with them. Do they connect well with me? And this was, I ended up connecting very well with our new executive director, but it was more of a scientific, if you will, because it is a science that eliminated the people that were obviously not going to be a good cultural fit, even though they had the skills. Because what's happening? Yeah, I mean, ace up your sleeve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, There's but, a big point right there, um, Myra, that that when you built the benchmark and guess what? We we all can help people do this. So if this is something we'll give you the contact info at the end of this um, podcast. But um, you have to know what you're looking for. It's not you're not just willy nilly going to hire somebody. You want somebody that that has the attitude and the aptitude to do what you want. And you have to start there. If you don't know what you're looking for, how are you going to find what you need? Yep. So Jenny in Eastern Oregon, what the benchmark is in a Reader's Digest condensed version of this, <laughs> Reader's Digest is not sponsoring this podcast, is you sit down with your board of directors and you pick yet. the five, yet, that you pick the five areas that you want your new executive director or new employee to focus on. And then you drill down on what skills do you want in each one of those areas. And then there's an actual multiple questions survey that each board member takes asking questions about what are you looking for in that person? And it does an average for each one of those criteria. So when the person that you want to interview, you give them that survey and it matches the survey compare and it compares it to what the board of directors was looking for. So it's really easy to hire someone based upon emotion but when you drill down, you may really like somebody, but they may not have the skill or the attitude for the job. And uh, that's what this survey does. That's the Reader's Digest condensed version. 
So, I mean, you made a really good point there because there was one that I actually connected with better. Yeah. And it, and she honestly, after getting into this process would have been a disaster. So I, I just, I couldn't be more thrilled with the process. Yeah. And it saved us because we had gone through two in a very short time, which is extremely costly to a small nonprofit, yeah. extremely costly. Training costs and money. A lot of money. For what we invested in the benchmarking process, it, it was way worth it. We definitely not only got our value out of it, it increased our Habitat organization is just going to town now because she has not only the skills, but she knows how to work with people. She is exactly what we needed. But the benchmark test, it was awesome flying to Indiana and hanging out with Myra and hanging out with the board of Habitat. It's Madison, Madison County. Wow. That, see, I still remember, but it's an all day adventure. It's not just a, hey, we're just going to meet for a couple hours and knock this out. It, it doesn't play that way. It's very in-depth and it's worth the investment in time to, to do something like that. Because when you hire a new employee, especially an executive director or CEO, you want to make sure you get it right. Because you're investing time and money into this and you're paying people a lot. So you want to make sure you get the right candidate. Yeah, I'd suggest, and it depends upon, to Dr. Sam and Myra's point about if you're hiring a nurse or a chemist or something, they need some of those those skills, obviously. But it's almost, if you don't know exactly what you're looking for in terms of a person, look in your organization at the existing employees and pick out your top performers yeah. and actually quantify our list. Uh, almost in a benchmarking um, thing. What makes these people your top performers? What is it about their attitude? Not necessarily their skill set first, although you have to have skills. But if you get people with the right attitudes and the right character, that you'll be able to train them for the skills. Now, if you needed a nurse, you're obviously going to have to send them to nursing school and all that stuff, but that's not <laughs> what? what we're talking about. And then, so, so if you don't know, then look at your top performers and, and identify um, what they're doing. The, the other thing I, I would say is that, depend. and again, these are broad statements, but depends upon what position you're looking for. Finding somebody from one of your competitors in the same industry may not bring you as much value as a think, even though they, they may be very well skilled. And that's because they have that attitude and culture of their current employer, which likely almost always isn't going to be the, the culture of your thing. So to have to retrain the culture in them, even while or before you're retraining the skills you need them is really difficult to do. So I'm not saying if you need a CEO to go to the local you know, coffee shop and get a barista and teach them to be a CEO because she's got a great attitude. I'm just saying that finding people from your competitor in the same industry might not be the best thing to do because of the culture indoctrination that they're going to bring with them. But I have hired a barista to be a receptionist. Sure. Sure. And she, and she was a damn good one. Sure. Yeah. Because they've got customer service. And to me, customer service is everything. My provide customer service so exceptional that people have no choice but to talk about you. And that's that was my mantra when I found her. Yeah. You can find amazing people anywhere. Mm-hmm. Except nurses. They have to go to nursing school. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're a dime a dozen, right? No, literally. They take Not a long these days. time. Not these days. <laughs> Not these no. Days. <laughs> yeah. It brings up a whole set of different questions of now with hiring people right now. I don't know what things are like where you guys are at, but like here in Coeur d'Alene, we, are, we have a massive labor shortage where people, even though people, the prices of 
the, the dollarly wage per hour is going up exponentially yeah. that people still can't find competent workers or people that actually fit in with a team. And it's really challenging, even for just menial labor, small fast food stuff. And you're starting off at 15, 16, 17 bucks an hour to work with at a signing fast food bonuses. Joint. With signing bonuses. Plus signing bonuses, right? Yeah. And it's holy cows. What are they paying for a CEO, man? I'll, I'll sign up for that job. Sure. Why yeah. not? <laughs> I was in Southern California last weekend and I did not see one help wanted sign. I did not see anything like that down there. I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm just saying it wasn't as in your face as I see it up here in yeah. North Idaho. Yeah. So it's definitely an issue right now. But that also brings up the point is not everybody's going to go out and do like a benchmark assessment for some of those jobs. Sure. You're looking at really those higher level jobs that are going to take six to 12 months to get somebody up to speed and running and being efficient in what they're doing. You're looking at that investment in the person so that they can help the team. And you need to make sure you have the right person in that job. Because if you get a year in or a year and a half or two years in and they decide to leave, you're back to square one and you've lost all of the investment in the person in the team. What's the, there's a whole bunch of non-monetary factors that go into that, like the demoralization of the team. Like if we really like that person, but they just didn't work out, man, now we're like, oh, they're gone. This sucks. What are we going to do now? So there's a whole bunch of different factors to getting the right person in the right position. And if you have an assessment tool that can help you find that person, it's just, it's to me, it doesn't make sense not to use it. It just, why wouldn't you use every tool you can to get the right person in the right position for the maximum efficiency of the team? Profitization, is that even a word? I don't even know. It is now. now. (laughs) But it just makes sense. Like it's the smart thing to do to invest in your team to get the right person in the position. You just want to get it, you want to get it right. Yeah, and there there is a calculator that we can use that it takes what your your salary is and then backs into how long you think it'll train take to train them and that type of thing. So you can use that and it and it could it very well could be a middle manager that because they're key players. They're there's what hold the top to the bottom and make everything work together. And it depends on how key that position is to you too. But there, there is a actual, you'd be surprised. It can cost you two to $300,000 depending on the uh, people. Because right. Geoff said they can be upset. The rest of the demoralization. What's worse is if you get the wrong person in the job, they're out of alignment with who they are. They hate their job. They hate what they're doing. They start looking for something else. And then they spread their poison. And I know we've all seen that, where once the poison starts, it just, it seems, oh, it, it flourishes so much quicker. And than- one, one, another thing I throw in here is the hiring practice needs to be consistent across the organization. There, we talked about it in a previous um, podcast that every position in organizations I've led have been key positions. If we didn't need that employee, they wouldn't be employed. And therefore, they're key. That's a key investment to us. So we use the DISC assessment as a way to to find out the behavioral styles and profiles of employees. Not that necessarily there were good DISC profiles for certain positions, but we wanted to know who they were because we already knew who our existing people were and and how they would fit together and, and that kind of stuff. It's back to that same old thing, understanding who the star performers are and what kind of makes them tick. 
and then find those kind of attributes or look for the attributes of those star employees in new employees mm-hmm. and then use the disc profile to make sure everybody fit together. Yeah. So if you're uh, listening to this on your commute and you're about ready to hit skip because you think this is a long process. I don't have this time that they said I got to get somebody in yesterday. I don't have time to really think this through and do a, a, an assessment of any type. Just go back to the old adage. If you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? And make one good yeah. decision to help your organization thrive sooner than a whole bunch of linked recoveries that is just a, a mess and your culture goes down the tube because you've put people in that were just easy, quick, and available. Do it right, yeah. do it once, yeah. do it and for the whole group. That's great, Dr. Sam. We could do a whole, whole podcast. Somebody add this to the list. <laughs> the turnover in my company is too big and uh, doggone employees. You know, let me tell you something there, Mr. Hire in person or Ms. Hire in person. You need to look in the mirror because if your turnover is really hot, maybe it's you. Yeah. It's not the yeah. employees. So you had, that's a great point, Sam. If you don't have the time or energy or money to invest in this or you think you don't, that's a mindset. When, when are you going to have the, the time to do it again? Or when are you going to have the, the extra money, the double because you made the wrong mistake, those kind of things? <laughs> right. Yeah. Man, if it's not working right and you're the leader, that's on you. There's another podcast, the whole own it mentality. Look at that. Look at us go. <laughs> All interconnected on, somehow. It's amazing. Fire's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's McLaughlin always say? We'll see you later. Oh, wait a minute. This is a podcast. They can't see us. <laughs> you can't see us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's die hard. And that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, right? Yeah, I don't know. Anything else? A good friend of mine once uh, told me you should end every kind of discussion or a training session with somebody by asking this question. Was any comments, uh, rude remarks, anything? Questions, <laughs> questions comments, comments, rude, rude remarks. remarks. There we go. Where should they send them to? That's the question. Oh, there we go. So if you want to contact us, and we'd love to help you. This is serious. We, we have a good time um, doing this and and. We already did a podcast on play and, and enjoyment in the workplace, and that's one of the reasons why uh, we all have such a good time doing this. But if, if you'd like any one of us or maybe even all of us to help you, all you have to do is send an email to ask us at leadershipbs.co. So that's ask us at leadershipbs.co, and we would absolutely love to have a conversation with you to see how we can help you um, address the challenges you're having in your organization as it relates to hiring or training or anything else. That's We believe that's why the five of us were created and that's we have a ton of experience doing it and uh, we would love to help you. So here now we can do questions, that's, comments, rude remarks. I think I was created on a drunken night, but I don't know. So anybody that Conroy is a living example that anybody can come from nothing and be something. <laughs> All the way from Eastern Oregon. All the way from Eastern Oregon. Wow. That's hurtful. (laughs) All right, guys. Ask us at leadershipbs.co. We're glad you've invested a little bit of time to be with us today. We pray that our conversation has been beneficial to you and added value to you and your life. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. We'll see you all later. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. 
If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.